Welcome to God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained, where you get insight surrounding God, the Bible, and spiritual things that you may or may not have heard before. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Gus Child. Today's topic of discussion is when God directs you, obey him, not man. Although some don't believe God still speaks to us as he did in times past, I believe he does. I can't speak for anyone else, but I know he has to me, and in many different ways, including but not only audibly. I may share on some of those times later, but first, I just want to say that when it comes to God speaking to us in the many ways he can, one reason for doing so is to direct us or tell us something to do. But best believe, if it is for this reason, whatever he takes time to tell us to do is highly important. And sometimes, not always, disobeying him can result in serious consequences for us and others even death. There are so many stories that back this up in the Bible, but there's this one that's just so intriguing to me. And although the individual at the center of the story was not even named in it, as he's just referred to by his title of prophet or man of God, it was apparently important enough to include in the written scriptures for us to take note of it for the message and not the man, which is why he's not named. Why? Well, I think God wanted to make it absolutely clear that when he directs us, we must always obey him and never, never choose to do what man tells us to do if it's contrary, unless we know for sure what man is telling us is from God and that God wants us to veer from what he originally told us. This story is found in 1 Kings 13. However, let me give you a little backstory before we get to the part where God specifically and personally directs a prophet to do what he was to do. You see, there was a king named Jeroboam who was made king over Israel. He had actually been approved by God who had a prophet inform him years before it happened due to the disobedience of another king that King Jeroboam served under at the time, King Solomon. Unfortunately, you think he would have learned from Solomon's mistakes, but he didn't. Because he, just like King Solomon, had begun leading the people away from God into disobedience through the worship of idols. You know, them false gods. That's where the unnamed prophet came in. As God had directed him to go to Bethel where Jeroboam was, sacrificing at the altar he'd made for the idols, which he was to speak the word of the Lord concerning it. In addition to this, God forbade this unnamed prophet to do something in particular. And it was this one particular thing that shows to us the extreme importance of us obeying God when he directs us instead of following man. Again, unless we know for sure that what man tells us is from God and that God wants us to change from what he originally told us to do. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Let's get in this story in 1 Kings 13 to find out what happened with this unnamed prophet when he disobeyed what God told him. And it reads, Now behold, a man of God came from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord while Jeroboam was standing at the altar to burn incense. And he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, Altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and on you 
He'll sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you and human bones shall burn on you. Then he gave a sign on the same day saying, this is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn to pieces and the ashes which are on it shall be poured out. Now, when the king heard the statement of the man of God, which he cried out against the altar in Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar saying, seize him. But his hand, which he stretched out toward him, dried up and he couldn't draw it back to himself. The altar also was torn to pieces and the ashes were poured out from the altar in accordance with the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king responded and said to the man of God, please appease the Lord your God and pray for me so that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God appeased the Lord and the king's hand was restored to him and it became as it was before. Then the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself and I'll give you a gift. But the man of God said to the king, if you were to give me half your house, I wouldn't go with you. Nor would I eat bread or drink water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord saying, you shall not eat bread nor drink water nor return by the way that you came. So he went another way and didn't return by the way that he had come to Bethel. Now, old prophet was living in Bethel and his sons came and told him all the deeds which the man of God had done that day in Bethel, the words which he had spoken to the king. These also they reported to their father and their father said to them, which way did he go? Now, his sons had seen the way that the man of God who came from Judah had gone. Then he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and he rode away on it. So he went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak tree. And he said to him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. But he said, I can't return with you nor come with you. Nor will I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. For a command came to me by the word of the Lord. You shall not eat bread nor drink water there. Don't return by going the way that you came. Then he, the old prophet, said to him, I'm a prophet too like you. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, Bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. Now, it came about as they were sitting down at the table that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried out to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, this is what the Lord says. Because you disobeyed the command of the Lord and haven't kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, but have returned and eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to you, you are not to eat bread nor drink water, your dead body won't come to the grave of your fathers. It came about after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk that he saddled the donkey for him, for the prophet whom he had brought back. Now, when he, the prophet from Judah, had gone, a lion met him on the way and killed him, and his body was thrown on the road with the donkey standing beside it. The lion also was standing beside the body. And behold, men passed by and saw the body thrown on the road and the lion standing beside the body. 
So they came and told about it in the city where the old prophet lived. Now, when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard about it, he said, it's the man of God who disobeyed the command of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him in accordance with the word of the Lord, which he spoke to him. Then he spoke to his son, saying, saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled it. Then he went and found his body thrown on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body, nor harmed the donkey. So the prophet picked up the body of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back. And he came to the city of the old prophet to mourn and to bury him. He laid his body in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Oh, my, my brother! And after he had buried him, he talked to his son, saying, when I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones, for the thing will certainly come to pass, which he cried out by the word of the Lord against the altar that is in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places which are in the cities of Samaria. After this event, Jeroboam did not abandon his evil way, but he again appointed priests of the high places from all the people, Anyone who wanted, he ordained, and he became one of the priests of the high places. This event also became a sin of the house of Jeroboam, even to wipe it out and eliminate it from the face of the earth. Just think, this man lost his life because he decided to trust another man's word over God's. The sad thing is he probably did it because he told him he was a prophet too, as well as him being an older prophet since we sometimes trust our elders thinking they're wiser just because they're older. To that, I say a big fat not. You see how that older prophet straight up lied to him and by him choosing to obey him over God, got him killed. Listen, age, looks, social status, nationality, it don't matter. The Bible warns against us putting trust in man, period. Not even if they're in a so-called supposed to be trusted position or not. Now, if you're interested in a further discussion about this trust thing, check out the episode, Do People Who Don't Trust Anyone Have a Problem? However, here are a few scriptures that warn us against putting our trust in people. Psalms 118 verses 8 through 9 reads, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Psalms 146 verses 3 through 5 reads, Don't put your trust in princes, in human beings who can't save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Jeremiah 17 verse 5 reads, This is what the Lord says, Curse is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Child, if you want to know someone who's learned the whole importance of trusting God's word, and also when God speaks directly concerning something, I say, ah. I'm a witness that the word is true, courtesy of experience, baby. Sometimes people unintentionally tell you things to do that contradict what God says. And then sometimes, unfortunately, they'll intentionally tell you something that contradicts what God directs you to do because of their own hidden motives or through the influence or possession of Satan. 
Sometimes you learn the word through experiences. I have much experience. You know, I remember when I was on this one job, which I knew God had told me I was supposed to leave. Well, I had made my mind up that I was going to, or so I thought. That is, until a few people in the same position as me came to me expressing concern that I hadn't signed a contract to continue on in the organization for the next year. Well, I let them know that I didn't want to be at our particular workplace the next year, which is why I hadn't signed it. Then they expressed to me that I needed to sign it so I could stay in the system, but that I could still have the opportunity to work somewhere else in the system besides our current workplace. But the only way that could happen, you guessed it, is if I signed the contract. Well, I signed the contract, and guess what? I was assigned to that same workplace the next year, which I knew I wasn't supposed to be at, and basically contemplating quitting at the start of the year. Well, to make a long story short, I was talked out of quitting to stay a while and see how I went, but that was a huge mistake. Why? Because I knew that God had let me know the year before I was supposed to be there. However, I chose to listen to others who I saw as having more experience and concern for me over God. And guess how it turned out? Bad. It was the worst year of all the years I had been there the entire time I dreaded going. It's like I felt a darkness overhead like I had never felt while I was there. It was just like Jeremiah 17 verse 5 says, Curse is the one who trusts in man who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. I had chosen man's words over God's and let me tell you, it felt like a curse. Because nothing was like it was before. Everything seemed to be going wrong. And each time I'd express thoughts of leaving, someone there would always be like, stay. Well, it finally got bad enough in my eyes. Knowing God had told me to leave long ago and just being fed up, feeling the darkness and knowing I had messed up, that I didn't care. And left one day without a second thought. And that day I left. I never went back. It wasn't the way I would have wanted to leave, but it was a mistake of me ever returning in the first place because it was against what God had directed me to do. I'm just glad a line wouldn't wait on me when I went back to that place just like the the prophet that came from Judah. (laughs) I'm just saying. And you know, it wasn't until later that I realized my naivety like the prophet from Judah who had trusted the old prophet. The people who had been talking me into signing the contract, well, first of all, how would they have known about something so personal that our superiors should have only known except they told them? I realized that me not signing the contract affected them, which is why they came to me as if they were only concerned about me. They left out the other part, their underlying motive, that they wanted to transfer to other workplaces in the system themselves. However, because I hadn't signed the contract, they risked not being able to because our current workplace had to have a certain number of veteran employees who had been working in our position secured by contract for the next year in order for their transfers to be approved. Not only that, but those who had been there the longest would have had the priority of transfers, which meant Even with me signing a contract and putting in for a transfer, 
I wasn't in a priority category because I had been there fewer years than they had. And guess where the ones were who had come to me about signing the contract the prior year? They were at their requested places of transfer. And then there were the people who talked me out of leaving when the next year started. Some I know were only concerned with having cover and one revealed their own crazy, and I do mean crazy, motive to me. <laughs> motives, y'all. Motives. I'm just saying, God tells us not to put our trust in man for a reason. And that's just one of the oh so many ways I've learned this truth the hard way. Man, if I touch on those from people in the church or who claim to know God from a so-called church leader telling me I should have kept a paycheck that was accidentally given to me, which meant a colleague didn't get paid at my workplace, to a marry someone in the church running up to me talking about they want me when they had a whole wife and God's word clearly says not to commit adultery. Yep. His word straight from the B-I-B-L-E is another way he directs us. And committing adultery with him would have definitely been in defiance to what God said. When it comes to those in the church with sexual inappropriateness and so much more, I could go on and on, but you get the point. Well, I could go on and on about experiences with those outside the church or Christendom too. But again, you get the point. I'm just saying, the more of the story is... Don't put your trust in man. Need to put it in God. For he's got good plans for us. But if you choose to follow man, disobeying what God says, consequences, consequences will surely come. Yeah, yeah. Best obey God. Best obey God, cause according to his word, yeah, yeah, trusting in man is a curse. So remember, when God directs you, obey him, not man, cause going with what man says over God could get you in a whole world of trouble. But don't just take my word for it. I encourage you to do your own study, pray, and read the Bible so you can know that you know that you know. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in order to receive eternal salvation but would like to, according to Romans chapter 10 verse 9, all you have to do is confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Want a little help with that? Repeat this simple prayer after me. Lord God, forgive me for my sins. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again so that I may have eternal life in you. So I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. It's as simple as that. Now you're part of the family of God. Wherever you are, find a local church or a group of believers that can help and support you on your new journey in your new life in Christ Jesus. Many blessings to you as you walk in who God created you to be, doing what he blessed and equipped you to do. You are God's child. Want to bless or show support for God, the Bible, and spiritual things explained? Well, you're welcome to send a financial gift to Cash App, 
using hashtag GTBSTE. You're also invited to pick up a little inspired merch from our store at zazzle.com forward slash store forward slash GTBSTE. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with other listeners. Thank you in advance, and God bless you as he blesses those who bless his children. Catch you another time, another day, another episode for God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained. Thank <laughs> you.